We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, not Your, your average, average Gun, gun girls. girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, shared lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. It's been, it, it's been great, the guests that we have, but I'm very excited for this one. I have been looking forward to this episode. Oh my gosh. For the longest time, everybody, we have Riley Gaines. She is 12-time All-American swimmer with not one, not two, not even three, but five SEC times. Five. five. One, two, three, four, five. She is also the advisor for Independent Women's Voice, and we are so excited that you are here with us today. Oh my Thank gosh. you for joining, joining us. us. No, I am so excited. You guys are my type of girls, so <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I wasn't sure when I reached out to you guys. I was like, all right, I don't, you know, we never know when, right, when right. we're talking to people like, we right. assume, obviously, you're probably second amendment supporters, but we have no idea what your background is with a firearm or if you're winning. But we don't just focus on firearms yeah, totally. with this show. We love to bring on inspiring people and tell their stories. And you obviously have a very yes. inspiring story that I believe is empowering women across this entire country. Absolutely. So if you, I know we're short on time, she's going to get up on the big stage and speak. So um, can you briefly give our audience a background on your story and kind of why you're here speaking today. Right, absolutely. Um, so I graduated last year from University of Kentucky where I swam. Um, I accomplished some really amazing things in my career, but my senior year, I was geared up, ready to, to go at our national championships, and I had the goal of becoming a national champion, which would of course mean becoming the fastest woman in the country in my event. Um, right on pace to do that until the NCAA announced that they would be allowing Leah Thomas, who is formerly Will Thomas, and yes, that means Leah Thomas is a man, um, to compete with the women. When Leah was Will, swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania, ranking 462nd at best among the men, to now, of course, trailing the women. Won a national title in the women's category. Um, the day that Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle, um, we tied. We actually went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. So upon tying, we get out of the water, we go behind the awards podium where the NCAA official looks at both of us and says, great job, but you guys tied. And we only have one trophy and we're gonna give this trophy to Leah because Leah has to hold it for pictures. Um, Riley, you can pose with this trophy, but you have to give it back. Leah takes the trophy home, end of discussion. There's no tiebreaker? There was no, there was no anything. And of course, when I asked why, the rationale was simply because Leah had to hold it for photos. Um, that's why Leah got it. And so me in this moment, I'm, I'm like, there's a lot of feelings, of course, but mm -hmm. they reduce everything that I had worked my entire life for, my teammates, my competitors, what we'd worked our entire lives for down to a photo op to validate the feelings of a man with us being the collateral damage in the process. Man, yeah. That must have been extremely shocking. Yes. I mean, you obviously mm -hmm. have worked very, very hard your entire career lead up to a moment that you're anticipating, you know, one outcome and that outcome does not happen. Yes. What was what was the point that you decided, okay, I need to stand up and use my voice? Had you been speaking out about this prior to this one incident? 
we talked about it amongst ourselves, amongst our team, to our coaches, to my parents. Um, I was team captain, so I made sure I facilitated these conversations. And I can, I can tell you we all felt the same way. Yeah. And that's the exact way I'm speaking. Um, my coach, my, of course, my parents, my teammates, we're all, we all felt that this was wrong. We knew it was unfair. We knew the locker room aspect was wrong and actually incredibly perverse and really traumatic for a lot of people. Um, but it really was when the final straw for me was the trophy thing. Um, it was so easy for them to just write us off, to mm -hmm. just say that we didn't matter, mm -hmm. that our feelings, our privacy, our safety, our equal opportunities, our dignity, that didn't matter as long as we were making this one man happy. Mm -hmm. And it just blew my mind because they, they say this is progressive yeah. and it's, it's progress, we're moving forward. But this is taking us at least, actually this year is the 51st anniversary of Title IX. This is taking us back at least half a century. This is regressive, this mm -hmm. is not progressive. And so really what it boiled down to is I was just no longer willing to lie because that's what they were asking us to do. Yeah. When they asked us to smile and step aside and allow these men onto our podiums, that was asking us to lie. Hmm. Did you ever think not to step on that podium? You know, I did. Um, I actually wanted to not race. And so I asked one of the NCAA officials before the race, I said, what happens if I don't, if I don't get on the block? And he very quickly said, that's why we have alternates and someone would happily take your place. And so then I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll race. It was my last swim meet ever. Um, I'd swam for 18 years. And so I wanted to cap off my career. And so I thought I'll, I'll race, but I'm not getting on the podium. But then God had different plans because we tied. And so in these brief moments behind the podium, or, or yeah, behind the awards podium, I'm thinking to myself, if I don't even get on the podium, there's not even an empty place. Right. So there's no message being sent because we literally tied. Mm -hmm. We have to share that spot. Um, and so may, I, I kind of thought to myself, okay, I'll get on the podium and it will just be a good optic for people to see. This is a six foot four man mm -hmm. compared to a five foot six female. Like the differences here would be a perfect, it, it displays perfectly why this is wrong. And so those are the thoughts kind of going through my head. It was, um, I'm sure some of the people have probably seen the picture of Thomas and myself standing next to each other on the podium and I'm like glaring up <laughs> like, <laughs> these are the thoughts going through my head in that photo. Yeah, what was, what was the next step? Like, what did you think after this happened what were you going to do about it? And did you have a plan? <laughs> I never have a plan. I still don't have a plan. Oh my gosh, I am entirely unequipped for what I'm doing. But um, really what my plan was, I called my athletic director um, and I told him, you know, this is what happened. This is how we feel. How do you feel if I take a public stance? And he said, Riley, I love you. I'm behind you. Speak your heart, stay true to your convictions, and don't worry about painting this university in a bad light. We, we support you. Wow. And so I thought nothing of that at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought that's how any athletic director would talk to their student athlete. And so my inbox was filled with reporters who were desperately hoping someone would bite the hook. Sure. And I eventually reached out to a girl from the Daily Wire, um, and it, it really took off, to which that very quickly turned into Fox and turned into CPAC and, and being pulled on stage with Trump and all of these amazing opportunities being here. Um, all because I, I took a stand in the truth, yeah. which is mind-blowing that, that it's generated this kind of, these opportunities for simply saying men and women are different. It's did crazy. You, did you ever have a moment during this press frenzy and media frenzy that you regretted your decision to stand up never, and say something? Never. I was, I, obviously, at first I was extremely nervous because they want you to be nervous. Yeah. They want you to think you'll be canceled and labeled and called all these names. And while there is, of course, some name calling, what they don't tell you is the support is tenfold. 
I mean, the amount of messages and, and admiration and thanks I get is, is it, it's a hundred to one. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't tell you that part, no. but we are the overwhelming majority here. Make mm -hmm. no mistake. They, they want you to think we're not, but that's their tactic. That's why I love this event. Mm -hmm. We have had woman after woman after woman come on and share the exact same story about standing yes. up for your convictions and whatever that is. Yes. And all of them took that initial step. They were not in the public light by any means. No. And they might have even been the only one in their friend group or in their yep. state that even felt that way, but they were bold yes. and they stood up. And so that's why I love coming here because you get to connect and you get to say like, okay, I'm not alone. Like there's a lot of really strong, amazing women yes. out there that are doing this and being examples for younger women. I mean, how has this kind of changed your mission for what you want to speak and how you want to use your voice? I've just been so eye-opened. Um, when all of this kind of slapped me across the face, I, I only saw it as women's sports, you know? But now I've taken a step back and I realize how big it really is. It's not just the fairness in women's sports. Mm -hmm. There's an issue of freedom of speech. It, I mean, it's happening in prisons, it's happening in sororities. There's this systemic erasure of women. And now that I see that for what it is, I, I kind of want to pinch myself for being so naive to it before. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate that you have to be directly impacted by something to really see it for what it is. Yeah. And now I see the breakdown of faith. I see the breakdown of family and freedoms and all of these things that directly point in the direction of Marxism. And, and again, now that I see it, you can't unsee it. Um, and I entirely see this this whole, a lot of these cultural issues mm -hmm. as spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so just doing everything I can do as a Christian um, to combat that and to spread God's message, which is true love. And that being said, true love is rooted in truth. Mm -hmm. yep. And that is important to remember. It's not love or compassionate or any of those, those terms that the left loves to use to lie to anyone and to affirm anyone's delusion. That is not true love. True love is, is of course, telling mm -hmm. the truth. Have you always had a solid foundation to stand up for your convictions since you were younger, or did you think that that came sort of as you started entering swimming and competition? It's interesting you say that because I do accredit a lot of my leadership skills and a lot of my confidence and security um, and resiliency and all of those things to playing sports. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a huge value. Yeah. Of course, sports, it's about athletic achievement, but yeah. the lifelong characteristics you yep. develop are crucial. Um, and that's why it, it's a bigger issue that women's sports are under threat because women are, are they're discouraged. They don't want to play sports, but it's, it's, they're not just missing out on opportunities. They're missing out on developing themselves as, as, you know, a productive member of society, shall we say. But I am very fortunate to have an extremely firm family foundation, um, a, a firm foundation in my faith, which is something I've relied on heavily throughout this entire process. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm very blessed to have Wonderful. have that strong family structure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, this wouldn't be the Not Your Average Gun Girl show <laughs> if we didn't bring up yes. and ask you something. I heard, a, yeah, I heard we... a little something about your land and yeah. something neat that you might have, uh, I don't know, put like on your you land like recently. Just bring this little tidbit of information <laughs> on us right before we sit down. And I'm like, wait, I don't think I've heard this anywhere no. in any of the that we've <laughs> no, heard about really you. No, no. So we're like, wait, we are totally having to talk about this. So what did you tell me right before we sat down? I am a major proponent of the Second Amendment. Amazing. And um, yes, my husband and I, we just bought five acres in Nashville, Tennessee. We just finished our house. We're hopefully moving in next week. Awesome. But before we built the house, 
we built a shooting range on the property. <laughs> That's what I call priorities. Yes. <laughs> and so we built it entirely ourselves. We got railroad ties. We bought 50 of them. Each one is 200 pounds. It's amazing. Our no marriage way. even survived it because I thought <laughs> we were going to kill each other making this shooting range. But oh my gosh, I think my husband, um, he's out today buying a new safe for the house. Nice. So nice. yes, absolutely. What do you like to shoot? Are you like a pistol girl, rifle? Big time hunting. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Love to hunt, deer hunt. Um, my grandfather is an elk hunting guide, so so that turkey, all the stuff. So shotgun, rifle, um, I carry, of course, and so I have a little. What do you carry? A Ruger LCR, a little revolver. Okay. Oh, special. Yes. Yes. You're a revolver girl. Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yes. That is interesting. You know, my dad always, when he got me my first gun, it was a revolver, and yes. it was more of a like, well, I don't know if you're going to be able to like clear a malfunction. Yes. And this is just easier to do, and I I just transitioned like there later we go. on in my training to be like. <laughs> You know, this is just a little more yes. bulky. Yes. 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 Oh my that's gosh. Well, awesome. it's um, that's what I mentioned though. The breakdown of freedoms that our country is yep. trying to pursue. It's not just you know the freedom of speech and all of the censorship, but really the taking of the guns yep. and the different things. Yep. That's why I say it's pointed in the direction of Marxism. Yep. Um, you can open any history book and see this play out and see how that turns out for any civilization, and it's not pretty. Well, it's you're actually facing a reality that we talk to, I mean, we, we speak about to a lot of women and it's like actually having physical threats on your life. Mm -hmm. Like you have yes. experienced, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, you, you have a real legitimate, I mean, everyone has a legitimate need to, to carry a firearm, but like you have experienced very hostile, aggressive haters. <laughs> I have, I have been met with ambush. I've been physically attacked. I've been held for ransom for over three and a half hours where these what? protesters, where was that? San Francisco, right? Oh my Naturally. Gosh. But you can't have your gun in <laughs> no, San Francisco. No. Um, but yeah, it's been... Um, and you don't like travel with a private security guard. Well, now. now, well, now <laughs> you maybe, can see outside the camera. Maybe now, but at that yes. point. But no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was necessary. Because again, let me reiterate. I was at San Francisco State University speaking to the fact that men and women are different. And I was met with ambush. I was punched by men. Oh. I was held, when I say for ransom, they, they literally demanded that I pay them money if I wanted to make it home to see my family again. Um, the police did nothing. They, they told me, you know, we can't be seen as anything other than an ally to this community. The day after all of this happened, their, their vice president of student affairs at the university sent out an email to their entire student body, word for word. I applaud our brave students for handling Riley Gaines in the manner that they did. Um, in, in the peaceful manner that they did. So By assaulting you. Yes. So there's no recourse. I mean, if any normal person on a regular day was assaulted for any reason, I mean, they, there would be recourse. Is no. there not in these situations? No, there's been no expulsions. Um, I am now filing for, for legal action because um, what I went through, no one should have to go right. through in regards to the 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 submission of freedom of speech yeah. and violence, yeah. especially against women, it's crazy. Well, the first ones over the hill are always taking the biggest yeah. punches, and so hopefully, I mean, it's it stinks, but like you're obviously a very tough, strong woman. No so you kind of almost look at it as a badge of honor of like, oh, look, entirely. if I can take this and take it off of somebody else who's going to stand up and and speak for the truth, well then, fine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's like a term of endearment nowadays to be labeled some of the things they label you. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine is like the physical threats, the mental, like all the other threats that you're getting. How are you dealing with those? 
man, it's, um, it is a lot, you know, of course, as I mentioned, the support is there. It, the support is, it, it really is a hundred to one, but that doesn't make the negative any, any easier to read. Um, but what I've realized in regards to the negative that I get, it's nothing dissuading from my argument because you can't dissuade from my argument. It's all personal. It's all, you know, maybe you should have just trained harder and you would have won, or maybe, um, you know, you're just ugly or you're transphobic or, or all these words that are just so silly to me. And you're now that ugly. I've realized, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now that I've realized that it's not about my argument, they have to resort to violence or they have yeah. to resort to these petty little name calling. Yes. And, yeah. and it's, it's allowed me to, to build my security. You know, it just, it really shows me that they're, it, it's speaking to their insecurities when they're the ones yeah. saying these things. Yeah, of course. Talk to us a little bit about this independent women's voice group that you're working with? Yes. So I, um, at the beginning of all this, I, I started speaking out, but I didn't really know how to make change. You know, how could I involve myself in a way that I wasn't just complaining or whining about it? I want to do something about it. And so I partnered with um, the Independent Women's Forum and the Independent Women's Voice. Those are the C3, C4 entities. And they've been phenomenal in terms of providing me resources to, to understand all of this craziness, whether that's at the state level, whether that's at the federal level in regards to what the, the Biden administration is doing to Title IX. Um, we've worked heavily on passing the Women's Bill of Rights, which is crazy, but it's a bill that just defines the word woman. Um, it's been passed so far in Kansas and Tennessee and Oklahoma on the way. Uh, but it's just been introduced at the federal level as well. So really amazing things. Yeah. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for um, really just their help in, in terms of navigating. So are you really diving into the policy side and the politics side of this right yeah. now? No, I am. Because again, um, it's, you can, my parents always told me, put up or shut up. <laughs> you can complain all you want, but unless you're willing to do something to change, no. it's just simply complaining. Mm -hmm. It's empty. And so I do think the policy behind it is important, helping these legislators understand my perspective, because we hear a lot of the other side. We hear a lot from the left about humanity, and it's about feelings and, and all of these silly things, when in reality, that's what that's not what sports, is or, sports are about. I never once got up at four in the morning to go jump in a cold pool, and my coach said, do you feel like you can do this today? <laughs> it's not about feelings. And so un helping them understand of course, compassion, but compassion for us as women, why has that gone out of the window? Why are we only being compassionate towards this small minority? Yes, interesting. Well, I think that is wonderful. I know we've got to wrap it up here soon. I'm excited to hear you speak. What are you focusing on today in your speech? I think with having an audience full of young, bright, bushy-tailed women, it's so important to encourage them and empower them to be bold, to stand firm in the truth. Again, I, I really can't stress that enough. That, because again, that is love. Truth and love are synonymous. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just empowering them, letting them know that this is the majority, letting them know that their voice matters, their voice is important, because courage begets courage. And if they can go out and be courageous, um, it will only inspire others to do the exact same. And so I think that's kind of my, um, my, my, purpose behind why I'm here. Wonderful. Well, I think that is an amazing message. You've got a ripe audience oh, that yeah. is ready to They're, receive yes. this and looking for other women to be inspired by. We mm -hmm. wish you the best of luck in all of your endeavors. Thank you for what you're doing. Of course. It's amazing. And thank you for uh, coming on the show. And we've got three, we rapid, three fire. rapid fire questions for you before we end. And I feel like you kind of just answered this, but what is your biggest motivator? 
Ooh, I have several. I'll be very brief. My faith is important, and it's a big. Um, I've leaned heavily on that throughout this this whole process. Um, the past female athletes who fought relentlessly for Title IX, of course, the present female athletes who are totally silenced, um, which make it seem as if I'm a lone voice, a lone face fighting for this. And of course, that next generation mm -hmm. of female athletes who doesn't yet have a voice or they don't yet understand the implications of what this has on them and their opportunities. Awesome. What movie makes you ugly face cry? Ooh, see, I'm a sucker for like the dog movies. Oh my God. I know, I know, I know. So any of those were like, an animal's dying, oh, no, forget it. I don't it. even want to watch oh, those. Yeah. I can't no. even do it. Yeah. Flicka, Marley and me, like, it, no, I can't, yeah. And then the final is, what's your hype song? Ooh, my hype song. This is hard. Being from Nashville, I like country music, but I wouldn't call that my hype song. Um, my hype song, oh my gosh. Um, my hype song. I'm trying to take myself back to my swimming days because I've been like, is it is it possible to be too busy to listen to music? Yes. Probably country. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I listen to majority of. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right. Oh tell, tell everyone where they can find you, follow you. Yes. Catch up um, on what you got going on. My Twitter is Riley underscore Gaines underscore. I always try and post breaking stories surrounding this, highlighting how politicians are responding, whether that's good or bad. Um, so people don't believe the narrative that it's a non-issue and it's not really happening. Um, but you can also go to www.iwf.org. They have, again, it stands for Independent Women's Forum. They have phenomenal resources surrounding the science, surrounding how to get in contact with your state and local um, representative or senator, which, which are really amazing things, especially if you live in a state where they don't have protections in place for, yeah. for um, women and girls in sports, which majority of the states don't, only 21 do so far. So know where your state stands. Um, but yeah, www.iwf.org. Well, awesome. Wonderful. Well, Riley, thank you so much for taking the time on your schedule to come on our no, show. No, of course. This yes. is exciting. Thank yes. you so yes. much. And stay tuned for another amazing guest. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexa Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.